Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms to be encouraged, nurtured, and inspired. Also, you'll learn the latest in teen research and trends and get practical parenting tips. You really can improve your relationship with your teen and enjoy the teenage years. Welcome back, everybody. This is our 65th episode of Power Your Parenting's Moms with Teens podcast, and I'm Colleen O'Grady, the host of the show. And we have a great treat for you today. I'm bringing on a special guest to encourage you around everything about online school and teens who are quarantined. I know none of you signed up for this, and this has just added more pressure on you moms. And I spent a lot of my time listening to you, and I know what you're struggling with. You may have a teen who's really disciplined and doing well with online school, but many more of you are struggling with teens who are procrastinating and not wanting to get their work done. And they're just telling you, mom, I'll get it done. And then they don't. So what do you do? Many of you are dealing with juniors and seniors who are really uncertain about the future and especially about college. And I've seen how this uncertainty has paralyzed many of the teens and they have lost their mojo. And that's why I'm interviewing Neha Gupta today. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Yes, yes. So Neha Gupta is the founder of College Shortcuts, which is a leading college admissions consulting firm that has helped tens of thousands of students achieve their academic dreams. For more than 14 years, they've supported students with services in mentorship, college admissions, and test prep. Their results include increased improvements in students' confidence, reduction in stress and anxiety, which that's a big deal, and higher chances of getting into their top choice school based on their own merit. She's been on every news outlet during the crisis and is a leading expert for teens and parents in the admissions process. So that's pretty cool. (laughs) 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 So um, Neha is um, a repeating uh, guest. And I just looked, which I can't believe, uh, you were my fifth person that I interviewed. And that was in 2015, uh, when you were doing elite private tutors. Yes, it was. It was such a long time ago. And um, it's funny, because my lucky number is five, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So you have so much experience to give to these moms from the tutoring part of it and the college shortcuts. And I just thought, you know, what a gift that our moms need to hear from you today. So, um, so I'm sure our conversation will go all over many, many things, but let me start with this first question. So, Uh, What can moms do when they see their teens are having a tough time concentrating at home or are procrastinating? I think, you know, one of the big things to realize and something you speak about a lot and I've read your books and and known you for so long is that one of the big things to realize is just even from a scientific perspective, the prefrontal cortex is not developed in teenagers. And it's something that we forget because these teens are so eloquent. They uh, they know so much information now with the internet that sometimes we treat them as an adult, as if they can see into the future, make plans, 
And that's the way they think because that's the way moms think. And the problem is, is when we put those expectations on someone who literally their brain is in the present moment all the time. So procrastination is normal among this group or they only think about what's happening in the moment. It can be really hard. So, you know, for families, I think it's number one is being aware, being aware of the fact that this is the developmental stage of your child. That's number one. But second, it's how do we best support not just ourselves, but also these kids. And from my perspective, you know, one of the biggest things that I've seen work and that I believe is sometimes they need a visual. So even if you take on a wall and you post like April, May, June, July, August, September, October, and you showcase like where they're going and what the dates are, visually versus just yelling or talking, you can see it and say, hey, applications open end of July. That's in X amount of weeks. What do we want to do about this? And having that kind of plan ahead can make all the difference. The second is if you're not getting through to your teen, get someone else involved that's closer to their age that may not be you. You know, last night I was making masks with my mom. It's something we do. Uh, or I'm trying to learn at least how to sew. I wasn't that generation that learned how to sew. <laughs> and everything she said about my inability to sew well felt like criticism. And I'm an adult and I still took it really <laughs> sensibly. And so we have to realize that a lot of times you have to understand like when a message is coming from a certain person, it can sometimes be misconstrued versus if a coach says, hey, you got to hold the fabric like this because this is exactly how you get a straight line. It can, be, it can be heard completely different than when a mom says it. And I know as an adult, I know my mom has the best intentions for me, but we did end up screaming at each other last night. So <laughs> don't be surprised that during this time, there is going to be higher stress. But again, having a plan of action and understanding how the message comes across and getting outside help can make all the difference during this time. Yeah. I really like the visual. Yes, because uh, I was just talking to a college student myself and she was procrastinating and she's like, I've got so much to do. I'm supposed to do all these, I don't know, 8000 pages of reading or something. And so um, so she goes like, why even bother? And so we did the math. Yeah. And like in five months, she could do it if she did 50 pages a day. Wow. And so that, when, it's that it's that breaking it down into pieces that I love doing for people um, because I think goals always feel really big. Like if I have a goal to lose 30 pounds, that sounds really, that sounds like the size of a dog. Okay. But if I know (laughs) on a weekly basis, I could lose what feels like a two pound weight and I make that a goal, it feels way more attainable. Yes. For that student, I think that's a wonderful piece of advice. Like, Hey, let's break it down based on that visual time and write it down and give yourself a freaking check mark for doing yes yes good yeah that check mark that's big so big yeah I, I think yeah I think and I think procrastination is there you know what I like to help what I like to tell my moms is under that procrastination are feelings mm-hmm. and sometimes the feelings is anxiety like why bother uh it could with this quarantine time of just feeling just grief you know, they're not with their friends, they're not at school. And so sometimes even just having conversations uh, with your with your teens about why is it hard to, to, to get the work done and maybe getting to some of those deeper feelings could be helpful. 
Absolutely. I think definitely there's feelings underneath and understanding the developmental stage they're in and also just realizing that, you know, sometimes they need help with that structure. I mean, even I, you know, we work with tons of high achieving students and even they procrastinate. And (laughs) it's just one of those things that, you know, that is part of human nature. Um, But it really is about, you know, this is how I look at procrastination personally. Procrastination equals stress and anxiety. Planning equals the reduction of stress and anxiety. Anyone that gets stuff done ahead of time lowers the stress and anxiety by almost 99%. Procrastination is just a way to amp up your stress and anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. If you're not a teenager doing that, you're amping it up in the house and the mom and dad are both feeling it. um, And then it can come off the wrong way. So yes, it really is about having these deeper conversations um, of like, how would you be best supported if we've decided that procrastination is not part of what we want to be doing um, so that we can avoid your stress and anxiety, which is already at an all-time high during this time, is how, yeah. do, we, how do we best support you to avoid that? Because there's so many techniques and tools to do that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think, um, well, I, I'll read the second question, but We'll get into, I want to go more into structure because in scheduling, because I think that's huge. But um, so during this quarantine, what can moms do that will be helpful with motivating their teens with online school that you think is helpful? And then what's not helpful? I think what's helpful is setting a schedule. So one of the things I gave to my audience was like a self-ritual document that I use. It's not beautiful, but it's taped to my wall and it tells me everything in my morning, afternoon, and evening routine. And what my team has done is we've edited that document to customize it to each student on what are the subjects they need to do, how much time do they on average need to get it done, and then what are their really fun passion projects that they want to work on outside of school still because there aren't as many extracurricular activities. So, for example, I have a student who knows they've got 30 minutes of English, 30 minutes of language, 30 minutes of science and math, and 30 minutes of history. So we put that in on when they're taking it. And then we chunked out for the next four weeks. She wants to be on a TEDx stage. She's finishing up her book that she's going to publish. Um, she's building out her YouTube channel. And we've chunked it out and we put the deadlines of like, okay, when, was, when is the first draft done? When's the second draft done? And for her, while this may at first have felt like a lot, just being able to have it in a structured document, set goals and check in with her weekly, she's like, wow, I have something to look forward to okay, I get to check this off today. And we even included like spending time with family, eating with family, um, you know, getting TV time, social media time. We put all the real things in there, but now she knows on a daily basis when she starts failing at getting certain things done and those deadlines are approaching, she's like, oh my God, I gotta, I gotta get that done. So that's my perspective on scheduling. It's definitely helped me and I'm an overachiever as well. Like you would think I don't need it. Like I have all the tools I need internally, but we're seeing it student after student setting deadlines, explaining what needs to get done and putting in a printed format. Cause if you think about it, that's what teachers have printed yeah. everything. Let's just do that simply in one document and make it easy for these kids. I love it. I love it. That's so helpful because I think if not, they just kind of walk around like a blob all day long, kind of yeah, just in a fog. I was on a family call with the parents and they said, you know, we're already stuck together, Neha. You know, it'd be great if your team could just set the deadlines and follow up because it feels like 
when it comes out of my mouth, it comes off harsh. And so they tried to work through it. And so that document was a solution to say, hey, here's the system that works. And, and I asked her point blank. I said, what are you doing? She goes, honestly, I'm on house party and I'm on social media all day long. I'm like, check her screen time. She goes, I'm on, I'm on my phone seven hours a day, Neha. That's the truth. And I said, okay, do you find that to be worth your time? And yeah. she goes, I don't know what else to really do. I'm like, oh, babe, we know what you could be doing. And, <laughs> you know, This is your time off as an overachiever. Your school's not so intense. You're not going to dance karate, this, that, the other. She goes, you know, you're right. You're right. And it's just sometimes that pro- they have to go through a step-by-step process mentally and then into the body and into the heart to be like, you know, she's, I feel right. I feel wrong. Like she's right. I, I should be doing these things and I want to do these things, but there's something blocking me. And so having this kind of structure um, and these rules around the structure, um, you know, I have, I have certain structures. I will not start my day without a workout now because it is my, it's my saving grace during this time. There's nothing more important than a minimum of a little bit of sweat in the morning because I know my mood increases. Momentum, progress is what keeps everyone going. Staying in one place, feeling stuck and contracting feels like death to most people. So if we have structure and goals and kids are still feeling momentum, you can eliminate a lot of these underlying feelings. Yeah, no, that's good. And I love... I love the passion project. Yeah. I love that. I know. I've got one. We've got another, we've got hundreds of projects, but one of the other kids that we're working with is discussing. So the book, one of my kids is working on is called mental health for teens. Fascinating. And like designing it. And cause I'm an author, I've already done books. And so helping her shortcut that as a teen. And then we have another one who's doing mental health for athletes, like how to get to the top without killing yourself. And I love it because that's my TEDx talk is achievement killing us. So I'm, it's amazing to see all the projects. People are building apps. They're, you know, they're coming up with research projects. One student out of Philadelphia delivered groceries to the elderly and got 20,000 likes on her video in three days. I was like, girl, you've got great online marketing strategies. You got picked up by the news. And so it's, it, there's a lot you can do with this time to feel momentum and progress if you have the right structure and the right energy and the right person to help motivate. Yeah. And what you said, like if they're on social media all day long, like seven hours, eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, um, it's not good. And so I recommend to moms to do have social media breaks and they go, well, the kids are going to be bored. And I said, let them be bored because I think boredom leads to creativity and I would say even boredom leads to passion projects. Totally. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I think, I mean, I, I'm very keenly aware of my moods and I know if I watch the news for too long or if I, and not look, I've been on the news, so I don't hate the news. I want to be very clear <laughs> and you need it. But if I watch it for too long, I can feel it affecting how I feel. The same goes with social media. There's a lot out there right now. So if you're just scrolling and scrolling and an hour goes by, we all feel that feeling of like, man, I could have done something else with that hour. There's right. no one that's like, oh, I, this was the best use of my time. <laughs> oh my gosh. No one feels that way. So I yeah. totally agree with these social media breaks and setting some boundaries around it. You've got to during this time where it's, you know, it's a free for all. They're not in school. So these boundaries have to be set. They weren't allowed to do that in school. So that's, 
That's true. You know. Yeah, I, I know I'm in trouble when I like look at some random Instagram uh, post and, and just look at some random pictures that I don't, of someone I don't even know. Like that's like oh. a, that's a red flag. It totally is. <laughs> I mean, I have, to, I have to check myself all the time. Yes. Um, so one thing, uh, I, I'm sure that you, you do this with, uh, when you're working with teens and college students is, is that you, I think it's important to keep tweaking the schedule or the structure, because sometimes like you're exploring, like maybe someone like you're great with exercise in the morning. Maybe someone's better with exercise in the evening and time of day and when, when they can have the best time to focus. Do you notice that? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I'm the believer of, um, data tells you the answer number one. And number two, if you get it done, however you get it done, you're a rock star. So yeah. You know, and I'm an entrepreneur, so it's very clear. Like I struggled when I tried to do corporate environments decades ago at this point, and it was like, you must do this at this time. I'm not built that way. Um, most teens like free flowing structure. So as long as they know, hey, as long as you get this and this done, um, however you'd like to do it, it's by all means, it's up to you. For me, if I exercise at night, I'm up all night. I know that about myself, <laughs> even though. But if I go on an evening walk and I do a night tub soak in Epsom salt, it'll calm me down. So it's, again, getting keenly aware. But I also think it's about setting the structure, tweaking it as needed, but also not forcing it down someone. Um, If I had my mom, you know, nagging me about my schedule, honestly, I'd probably just eat cupcakes instead of working out. (laughs) But that's because that's my personality type. I'm a... Uh, and it's why I created my business, honestly, because I was, a, uh, in my opinion, I was a stressed out teenager. I was stressed out to the max during high school. 9-11 happened when I was in high school. I know what it's like to go through crisis mode, have hardship, and be an overachiever, and not even talk about it with anybody. So to me, that's why I built all these mentors and coaches so that we can take these teens through this rite of passage from childhood to adulthood, uh, through high school and through college, Um, And be able to have parents, you know, really be able to spend this time, like, enjoying with their child, cooking stuff, coming up with activities, maybe getting a painting thing and painting with them, like, going on walks, telling them stories about your own childhood. That's what I feel like families should be really focusing on and letting other people do that type of, like, coaching and helping so that it doesn't feel like they're being forced to do things. Yeah, no, that's great. I, I totally agree. And yeah, I think the, the big question, and I, I think at this time when we're being quarantined, that flexibility is really important. And just like you're saying is the, the big question is, is it working? So if it's not working, then you change it. And what else can work? And what else can work? And what yeah. else can work? Yeah. I'm a big believer in that, you know, in some days, even during this time, you know, someone who's an entrepreneur who has to self-motivate on a daily basis, you know, I don't have someone above me who's like, get your work done. I don't know what that feels like anymore. <laughs> so I've had to self-motivate for more than 14 years of my life. So for these kids, you've all of a sudden taken that away. You've taken structure, school, teacher, all this stuff. Right. But we're expecting them to have that type of level of motivation that they've never been expected to have in their life. So to me, I think, yes, it is, it is a very interesting time. Um, and is it working is a wonderful question. Um, what, you know, the question I ask is, what's 
a better, so what is the solution that could work better? What's yeah. the solution? What's the solution? And that's my life. I operate in like, what's a solution I can give to these moms? What do they need right now in this moment versus three months from now? Right, because right. I know that solution honestly has changed in the last two to three weeks. So the same goes for your, your teenager is, you know, every day they're going to be different during this time. One day they're going to be angry. They're going to yell. Uh, one day they can't emotionally regulate. And then the other, other day they want to spend all this time with you. Yeah. So yeah. you have to be okay with this flexibility that's happening. Yeah. The ones yeah. that are adaptable during this time are going to win. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, I just I just had my uh, first Dial Down the Drama book club with with a bunch of moms, which was super fun. And and one of the things they said, you know, we have good days and bad days. And so our teens are going to have good days and bad days. Uh, one thing that and I'm sure you do this, but I, I find really helpful is when when the present is very difficult, you know, so we're in a difficult present and, you know, and. And them thinking, okay, prom is canceled, uh, parties are canceled, graduation's canceled. Uh, I think it's always helpful to to use the future in a positive way. So with this college girl I talked to earlier today, um, who was super unmotivated, I said, okay, let's say it's the fall and you're in the future. Um, How would future you know, let's say call her Kaylee, how would future Kaylee feel about, um, you know, the Kaylee back here? Like what would make future Kaylee happy? Right. And, you know, and so she used, cause she's a teen. She said, well, this would make me happy, but this would totally make future Kaylee pissed off. <laughs> if, <laughs> totally. You know, so she 5,000 pages in a night. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a way that it, it, it clicked for her, mm-hmm. but I think it giving your, your teens these positive pictures of the future, like we aren't going to be stuck in this forever. Correct. I think it'd be, be helpful. And that brings me to another question. Um, so about uncertainty. So how can moms talk to their uncertain teens or college students who are worrying that they'll never see their friends again and they'll have to keep doing online school forever? I think uncertainty <laughs> is a very fascinating topic because most people love to feel control. I am one of them. I'm not going to try to speak to this. I'm speaking to this as someone who ex- experiences difficulty with uncertainty as well. Yeah. What I, what I do with that feeling is... I have to like wrap my brain around the feeling and decide is feeling uncertainty pleasurable or is feeling certain pleasurable for me? And for me, I like to step into certainty and there's certain ways I can do that. There's like, I have a, I have a dirt road to uncertainty in my life and I have a highway to certainty. And the reason why I have a highway to it is because I am certain about a lot of things. How do I get certainty during this time? Number one, the curve will go down. It has to. If it doesn't, then we continue to adapt. Okay, that I can be certain about. Um, I can be certain that colleges are not shutting down. They can't (laughs) afford to and they're looking for your kids. Okay. They literally cannot afford to close. So what they would do is if they have to, they'll do these fun online zoom classes through the fall semester if needed, but 
that we don't, we're not expecting that. Right. So again, it's really about how do I feel certainty? It's okay. The curve will have to end at some point. At some point, we are all going back to school. We're all going back to work in some capacity. Um, this is just a current situation. So how do I act in this moment during this time to be the best version of me? Because that is the only thing I actually have control over right now. Yes. So to me, what do I have control over? My health, my joy, my happiness, getting stuff done, um, and getting stuff done at a, at a pace that I've actually not even done during the good times. <laughs> I get emails from parents that are like, dude, you are emailing me every single day and you're doing <laughs> every day. You're doing webinars and you're on the news and, and you're not even like this in the good times. I'm like, well, that's because I've always learned during hard times what needs to get done. So again, thinking about this time as, you know, there's a lot of words we use around this. Maybe it's not uncertainty. Maybe it's that we're certain that things are currently different. Maybe it's not lockdown. Maybe it's retreat. Maybe it's staycation. A great reframe. The language feels different when you say quarantine lockdown versus I'm on a retreat and staycation with my family that I'm getting to deeply connect with, not stress about a lot of other things. I get to try out new recipes. I get to paint. I get to do nothing sometimes. Mm-hmm. I get to work on a passion project. I mean, I was an incredible painter in high school. And all I've done is focus on work since then. I painted. Woo. That, to me, felt like a massive accomplishment. <laughs> I've lost nine pounds since coronavirus started. <laughs> People are like, dude, your face looks different. I was like, yeah, because I have time to focus on my health because health should have been my number one priority. And I didn't realize it before. So to me, again, it's like, you can hear, I have joy. I have excitement. I have certainty. I've, I'm accomplishing goals. I feel good. Anyone and everyone can step into this if they want to. It's literally a choice in this moment right now. If you're listening, you have the choice to step into this. Are you going to pick the tools, the structure and make it happen? Or are you going to be in camp? A, that's just hanging out on the sidelines, waiting, feeling nervous, stress, anxiety, and just feeling like the world's going to end. These are your two options. Right. Pick which buffet. I'm part of the fun, fun train buffet. That's me. <laughs> so, and my goal is to help every family to feel the fun train buffet. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's what I believe to go out from uncertainty to certainty. No, I love it. And I, I mean, that's, that's true in my own life. It's like, so you're right. It's so people get caught in fear and fear is stories about the future that hasn't happened yet. A lot, a lot of fear is just all imagination. Yes. And so it's exhausting. It's exhausting. And if it's playing in the background of your house, it's not going to be motivating to anybody. But if you, like you said, is what's certain is a structure. What's certain is chunking down things and getting things done. What's certain is a schedule. And when you focus on that, then like you said, in terms of movement and motivation, uh, then you see like I'm building a future. Totally. And one tool I do for fear is sometimes when I can hear it, because I'm not, I'm still human, guys. So there are times I fear things and I write it down. I mean, I used to have a fear like, oh, my body's literally not capable of ever losing weight. It's just not going to happen. This is, I'm just a curvy woman. It's never going to happen. Like, So I start writing these thoughts down and I write all of them down and I look at all the garbage that's inside my brain. Mm -hmm. And then I take a moment, I take a deep breath and I read through the garbage that I'm reading because it's, it really is just garbage out of my brain. 
And then I literally cross it out and I come up with a more empowering affirmation to it. And then I read that list. That's like anything I put my mind to is amazing. Anything I touch turns to gold. If I want to lose weight, I can do it in a minute. It melts off me in a second. You know, so I, I switch into these positive modes, but I still have to catch myself because a lot of times we don't realize our brain is built as an animal's brain and we have to take it to that next level of consciousness. Um, yes. There's nothing to fear right now in this moment. If everyone took a deep breath and if you are in good health, you have food, you have a roof over your head, you're better than 99% of the world right now. So just keep, keep things into perspective can be really big. Another way I, uh, I opposite, uh, I oppose fear. I go outside and I look up and I look out and that physical visual of looking up and out makes the world feel a lot larger. Fear is when you feel small and tiny and contracted. So sometimes yeah. that expansion can be very powerful. So those are my three tips to eliminate fear in under five to 10 minutes. Yeah, no, that's good. I love it. Yeah. Um, and kind of what you're saying is being present is really helpful. So if you're like, oh, it's spring, like flowers are blooming. It's, yeah. you know, there's a, like you said, a, a blue sky. It's gorgeous out. People are walking around. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with you. It's, you know, a lot of people don't know this about me. Even my audience doesn't actually know this about me, but I went on a five day silent retreat. And if you're listening, wow. you can tell how talkative I am as a person. So, I mean, I've, I mean, you will face everything in silence. <laughs> everything comes out. So to me, this is a beautiful time for us to practice uh, silence. I have a meditation app, even now, even though I know how to meditate with nothing, I have a meditation app and I will meditate even you can meditate for even under a minute and it will literally take all of your fear and stress away for just a minute, or it'll amplify it depending on who you are and what happens to you during it. So then again, it's about using those tools and ways. And then of course it's okay to talk with people. I think that's another beautiful way, but don't get stuck in your story all the time. I think again, it's about choosing. Do you want the dirt? road or the highway to fear or the dirt road or highway to love. You got to choose one or the other. You can't right. have both at the same time. That's great. That's great. Yeah. So you're talking about be, becoming more self-aware and helping your teens become more self-aware, your yes. college, your college students become more self-aware of um, what, what road they're choosing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. There's a reframe to all of it. And I love that in terms of choosing your words and what you're, you really do have a cho choice of what you focus on and what you focus on really determines your future. Correct. Yes. Very all fair. right. So I have another question. Um, and, I, and this may be what you're speaking or you were on the news about, but I'd like to know what you've been talking about to all the news channels. But um, so how is this pandemic going to change the college admissions process or is there anything that's that's positive that can come out of this absolutely so i've been saying honestly for the last seven to eight years i've been saying that the college admissions process has been honestly very confusing for families um, i'm actually working on a 35 page data report i feel like i'm in high school all over again going <laughs> referencing doc it's it's reminds me of my 
when I went to Episcopal, the junior research paper, I'm like back in that mode and my whole team's waiting for it to come out of my brain and, and all the sources. But, you know, the truth of the matter is college admissions has gotten more competitive than it ever has in the last even 10 years. What's happening right now is a up level in the way admissions will work, in my opinion, a more positive way to admit students, which is schools are going test optional for the SAT or ACT. That's first time in the history we're seeing schools oh, wow. like UC, UC systems, UNC, you know, those systems, there's over 900 schools that are not going to care about your SAT or ACT score. Oh my goodness. Because they canceled the April dates, the March dates, the May dates, and they have June still on, but we'll see, right? Now, if you are a student and you do have the ability to possibly take it, I still recommend prepping for it. You never know if you get a great score, at least you can let them know what you got. That's how I look at it. Again, I'm a planner, so I tend to always want to be over. I'm the extra credit kid, so I'm always turning in more than what's needed. The second thing, most schools are closed or they've tried to switch over or they're unable to grade properly. You're ending up with pass or fails. They're not sure how to handle the GPA. Again, another metric that used to matter the most in admissions. So imagine you're now walking into admissions and your GPA is kind of important. Your SAT, ACT is kind of optional. What is it that's going to matter? And I've, I've been saying this year after year like a broken record. It's not about your grades or a test that you took for three hours on a Saturday that determines you, you as a person, your success, and who you actually are. It's what you partake in, what, what do you spend your time on outside of school, um, what is your passion, what are you interested in studying, why, and what are, how are you a good community leader in any way, and then how do you frame that all in an essay? So to me, I, and that's why College Shortcuts was born, is to help students you know, through our mentorship program from middle school to high school to help them figure out what that is. But then in the, in the application process to get those essays written in a way that's succinct and clear. So from my perspective, the good, we're going to be grading humans on being human. That's what admissions is going to be about now. Mm. It's going to be about your story, not your stats. And mm. I truly believe, yes, you can tell who's a student who's competitive or who's hardworking based on the classes and some of the grades they made in the first two grades. But let me tell you what's more impressive about a student. It's not, oh, this kid got an A in geometry. It's, oh, wow, this kid decided to do X, Y, and Z during this time. Or, you know, they were, you know, they went through something really hard and, and this is what they've done about it. Or this is, you know, the type of projects they've worked on. So to me, again, I, I'm of the believer that while we can look at everything like doom and gloom, my viewpoint is admissions is going through an overhaul. It's being updated and it's being updated in a way that I think is going to be beneficial for years to come. If admissions officers choose to do this in this round and they see that their policies around how they did admissions this year turned out to bring on a more diverse, more engaged, more interesting group of freshmen you better believe they're going to take this strategy and continue it moving forward. We could end up seeing the elimination of the SAT and ACT over the next five years. We could end wow. up seeing that GPA matters, but not as much as the character or values of that human being, which to me is everything when it comes to admissions. So that's, that's, my, that's my soapbox on the fact that I really do think this is an incredible time to be applying to college, but it's also very important that you're, you're getting someone involved to help and figure out how to create your narrative 
and help you in that writing process. I mean, I'm sure, Colleen, you can also admit you've written a book too. Did you have someone edit it as well? Yes. Okay. (laughs) I needed a lot of help. (laughs) I know. So it's the same thing. There's nothing wrong with getting that type of help to work through your words. Again, word choice matters during this time to really showcase yourself in, you know, under 600 words. Oh, that's so encouraging. I have sat with so many seniors who are just suffering, suffering, suffering over college essays. So if they had someone they could help them, that would be amazing. Oh my gosh. It's so much fun. I mean, we, we have such a blast doing essays and the essays that come out of our team. I mean, we've got former admissions officers on our team. We're talking about, you know, so many of the hard things they went through through high school. Um, most of our students, and I know this sounds crazy, can get done with their essays between one and four weeks fully edited and done with us. Wow. So our juniors wow. right now are already, they started in March. Most of them are going to be done in the next four to five weeks with the whole process. August it opens, they hit copy paste and they're done. Because again, how can my goal in life is how do I reduce, how do I make mom's lives easier every day? So to me, if I could do this for them and get this off their plate, then they can do things like have fun with their kids and, you know, bake this recent cake I baked, like the Williams-Sonoma rainbow cake, which requires six layers. But like you can do fun projects with your kid or do other things with your time as a mom and let me take on that for you. So, yeah, there's oh, a that lot. That sounds wonderful because, I mean, talking to moms, a lot of the fights during their senior, senior year, which, like you said, should be building connection and enjoying each other before they leave is about fighting over these essays. And it shouldn't be. I mean, think about it. Most kids don't come back after college. These yeah. are your last few months before your nest becomes empty. You should be hanging out, having a good right. time. That's what this time even is right now. I know. That's my second book. I'm going to have another book. What's it, what's it going to be about? <laughs> well, it's, it's going to be the, it's going to be for moms, the 18 to 25. And it's, um, so it might, it might be dial up the dream. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Dial up the dream. That's great. So, yeah. It's going to be helping moms in that transition of letting go and them yes. finding their own path. Oh, I need that. I need that book for my moms, please. Because it's so <laughs> tough. I get kids into their dream school and then moms are like, hey, why did you do that? And I'm like, what do you mean? Wait, you asked me to do this five months ago. And then they're like, you're taking my son away. And I'm like, wasn't that the whole plan? So yeah, that would be a great book. Please write it. It's like a very needed book. Okay. We need All right. Maybe I, may ta- I may take you to lunch. And, <laughs> may take you to lunch and get just... Um, Get your ideas about it. Yeah, we can have a, we can have a social distance <laughs> lunch and I can got you through this one. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. I bet there's a lot of moms who want to be able to get in touch with you. Yeah. And so, um, so how can they get in touch with you and uh, what can they do? Yeah. So for everyone listening, we, we are right now offering a free discovery call with our team. Um, wow. So, yeah. So if you want to learn more about how, we want to learn about you, what your situation is, and how we can best serve you during this time and for future time as well. So you can actually do that at collegeshortcuts.com backslash apply, and you'll just fill out a two-minute form and schedule your call right there. If you don't know what a backslash is, and I know that can be confusing, you can just go right to collegeshortcuts.com, and in the right-hand corner, there's a phone number, or you can click the apply button right there, and um, that would be the best way to connect with us because our goal is to really support you know, everyone during this time as much as possible. Oh my gosh, that's such a gift. Woo! 
<laughs> well, thank you, Neha, so much. I've just loved talking with you. And I know this is going to be super helpful to everyone who's listen, listening to this. So thank you so much. And again, this is uh, Neha Gupta. Mm-hmm. And I'm Colleen O'Grady. And we are just wanting to help you moms in this time. And we're going to all get through it. And we're going to come out stronger. Yes, we are. With our passion projects. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, everybody. This concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. I have some other great resources for you. You can head over to ColleenOGrady.com. That has two L's and two E's. You can sign up for my Dial Down the Drama triple pack. It's absolutely free. You get a copy of my free ebook, Seven Ways to Help Your Daughter and Yourself, a free chapter from my best selling and award winning book, Dial Down the Drama Reducing Conflict and Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, a Guide for Mothers Everywhere. And you get a free subscription to my weekly easing. If you're ready to pick up your copy of Dial Down the Drama, you can find it on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. For daily encouragement, follow me on Instagram or Facebook at Colleen O'Grady Dial Down the Drama. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.